why do we subject ourselves to doing this stuff that we don't want to do all the time? Yeah. Is it for this this eventual money that we're going to get at the end of the pack? It's like, that's not worth it, dude. A lot of the, the heavy-duty, like, lead gen for local market is still on Facebook. So, like, yes. you have to connect with more people. If you don't pair this content creation thing with connecting with a fuck ton of people, <laughs> it's worthless. <laughs> 80% of people don't trust roofers. Therefore, don't do what the industry does and you'll probably be successful. Do something. Stop thinking about it and do it. Stop overthinking and watching YouTube videos and do what you know you need to do. This is the Hook Better Leads podcast put on by hookagency.com. And today I have Ben Morrow or, or Benjamin Tiger, as many of you know him from social media. He's got the, the tiger on his arm, apparently. I didn't know that. New tattoo. Yeah, I got the, I got the hook, so you nice. know it's good. We, uh, we had people mad at us on LinkedIn because I let all of uh, four of our employees get tattoos. Who's mad on LinkedIn? This is, you know, LinkedIn people. LinkedIn people. Yeah, you ever been on LinkedIn? Dude, they funny. suck. <laughs> it does kind of suck. They suck. I'm dude. not a big LinkedIn guy. Yeah. They're just like it's entitlement. But nonetheless, let's continue. So we're talking about ferocious Congratulations brand. on your work anniversary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. It's a LinkedIn message you get yeah, once a year yeah, for from everybody in your network. People, exactly. Oh, it's like, you really care. <laughs> By so, the way, can you buy this for me? Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's just constant spam. So branding and the mm -hmm. fact that you guys do it really, really well. You guys have the shirts that have tiger, st tiger stripes on them. You got the, the trucks yeah. that got tiger stripes on them. It takes up a lot of people's mental, like it, it like sticks out in your area, Peoria, right? Yes. Um, talk to me about the original idea behind all of this and like the last couple of years um, and how that's helped accelerate what you're doing. <clears throat> 80% of people don't trust roofers. Therefore, don't do what the industry does and you'll probably be successful. So what that means is basically everybody does white trucks with their logo. I wanna be extremely aggressive and out loud on, on my trucks. Not many people do social media content. We do a ton of social media content. Not many people invest in SEO. We invest in SEO. Not many people create t-shirts all the time. I'm creating t-shirts once a month probably, making sure that people have my gear. Uh, I want to do that. Um, people are oftentimes not following up with customer base. We are constantly following up, right? It's basically being the anti-roofer's uh, anti roofer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because mo the actual, you know, we talk to a lot of high-performing roofers on this podcast, but the average roofer is like doing very, very little marketing and right. getting away with it because they don't care how fast they grow. They want to live off of referrals. They like sure. the easy sale. Yep. And ultimately, to do a lot on Google or to do a lot of this marketing stuff, you probably actually have to be better at sales. Yes. Because people do come in with less information sometimes. Correct. Especially from the internet. Like they just Google something, they find you. They have to figure out. <laughs> you have to figure out more about you. You know what I mean? They, they yes. can just only see what was on the website. I bet you those companies have been around for longer, so they're living off of their name that's been established for more than one year. Yeah. If you're a new roofer who just entered the space in the last three years, you gotta fight to be relevant. The main competitor has been in business for 20 years, and it's huge. So if I wanna even survive, let alone build profit and build a profitable business, I have to go hard in the paint. 
Um, I can't just expect people will just come to me just because. Uh, my competitor is, has been doing this for 20 years. So, going hard in the paint, it's also fun. Yeah, dude. I would say like it looks like you're having a ton of fun on the internet. We are. I am. And yes. talk to me about how that affects your ability to get better people. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, how I think a lot of people see branding from the sales perspective and how to build more sales for like homeowners. It's actually recruiting talent for our company. So if we're getting people to look at our content and say, I wanna work for this guy. But then also our subcontractors who do our roofing, uh, those guys have approached me, came to my office, hey, I've seen your stuff on the internet, I want to come work for you. I've seen your Google reviews, you must treat people with respect. Um, and then from the homeowner perspective, obviously getting more clients. No one reads reviews on the internet. <laughs> no, not important. Uh, stop it. <laughs> yes, extremely important. Reviews are extremely important. We have 210 Google reviews, all organic from our company. 30 for Solar Panther, building on its way up. So uh, we're number one in the Peoria area by far. I love that. And as you're attracting people, I know we just touched base with, on this on the live, but just talk to me about where are you looking? Like what, it sounds like you're pulling from outside of the industry. How do yeah. you, how do you get those people? How do you, do you like, do, what kinds of platforms do you use? What kinds of like methods do you use on the intake? Yeah. I, I am a very feel guy. Um, so I read people's personalities. I think that's one of my best traits as a leader. And I can essentially see somebody working a specific task and then I essentially invite them in to do that specific task. But uh, I don't care about your experience and what you've done in the past. It's essentially like knowing the person for who they are. It's really mm. important. So I can get a read on somebody in a good 15 minute conversation and say, I think you'd fit well here. And it's, do I understand it's mostly from your, your personal network? It is, personal network. People reach out to me oftentimes and I'll find a spot for them. Or if I'm looking for a specific role, then I'll reach out to a person who I think would be good and recruit them over. I've done do you just have times. hundreds of friends, or how do you uh, yeah. do you do you party? Do you, how do you meet? How do you, how are you meeting these people? Um, yeah, Facebook. When I first started the business, before I started the business, this is a funny story. I had 1,700 friends on Facebook, and I went to some person's profile who I deeply respect still to this day, and I added 3,000 people that we both shared mutual connections to and built out the personal network in my current city. And that was the, that was the social media of the city though, right? The city, in my direct yeah. location, mm -hmm. is I basically added a bunch of networking people and then started making content and then people started basically connecting with me. Some people would message yeah. me when I befriended them and they were like, who are you and why are you befriending me? Yeah. I'd be like, I'm starting a company, follow along. That's amazing and I, I will note that like, a lot of people take all the strategies, let's say like Joseph Hughes has, or like, I spew a lot of random tactics, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't pair this content creation thing with connecting with a fuck ton of people, <laughs> it's worthless. <laughs> yep. Like you could, have, if you have 500 people that you're connected to and you just do the best, most fire content of all time, it's still not, it's just not going to get what it's, maybe on TikTok, but like a lot of the, the heavy duty, like lead gen for local market is still on Facebook. So like yes. you have to connect with more people. And it's crazy. Like it's just, mm -hmm. you're just, it's content creation, it's getting better and better, but it's also be connected with a lot of people. Do you remember the movie, The Social Network? Yeah, I don't, I'm not super well though. Okay, there was a scene in The Social Network with, uh, with Justin Timberlake when he meets Mark Zuckerberg or whoever the actor is in that movie, and he refers to a strategy called Little Bighorn, where you basically target people, so let's say you wanna be connected to this person, 
you connect with the five people around them Ooh. and then make that person jealous that they want to also meet you. Yes. So what I did in the beginning was create video content with restaurants, with uh, organizations, charities. I started going all around the city and just making content for them. No expectation, didn't make one dime from it. And then as people saw that content, I could then approach the person who I really wanted to get in touch with and they'd be like, oh, I saw you on such and such page. Mm. And they would already feel like they know me. So then they started basically referring me out to their clients because they knew me. That's brilliant. Yeah. I, another like, so I love that. I'm gonna probably process that over time here. But another thing I think about too is pushing power to power. Mm. So like in my industry, like marketer, this is gonna be really obvious on the face of it, but I'm gonna try to like apply it to roofers too. It's like all the people in the industry with power, mm -hmm. I'm gonna always push power. The, the natural tendency is to like kind of be like a critic, mm. like, oh, this person has power, I'm gonna oh, critique that, critique him, yeah. that. Like, that's very natural to do, especially if you have ambition and you're having fun and you, like that works on social media. But like my mood is like, I'm gonna make you look good. You already look yeah. good. You know, like, let's be real, Dimitri, like John Cenac, Chuck Toki, all these different people. I go to them, I make them look as good as possible, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna push power to power. You can do that in your city. Like, you yeah. can do that with, Officials, true. You're gonna do that that's with, very true. With anyone that's super well connected, realtors end up being really well connected. Yes. Um, but are you doing any of that where you're finding people that already have like a crazy network? Yeah. Yeah. I, I from one of my first podcast episodes, uh, shout out Andre Allen if he watches this, but he's a politician in mm -hmm. the district of Peoria, very big following, and he's a friend of mine. And so I had him on the podcast. We talked about life and business and politics. Um, but going back to what you said, I think that my angle is just to be a I want to be a positive influence on this industry, Yeah. period. I don't want to talk about negative things and I don't want to um, bash people. I want to be a friend to people who are friends of mine, period. And so I think pushing positive messaging is good and being a positive influence is good. So people want to be around positive influences in their circles and in their industry. That's what I want to be. And I think that that kind of, you know, that's an important topic because we got, if there is people that use the, the fact that the algorithm likes negativity, yeah. The, the algorithm likes negativity, so you got to note that. So if you're positive, there might be occasions where that actually negatively affects the reach. Because for some reason, even if people are like mad in the comments, that makes stuff go up in the algorithm. Sure. So like, it takes a little bit more like fortitude because it's going to be a little less successful in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And that's true. Like, I was actually... Um, just made me think about, like, I went and did a cold plunge with David Carroll from Dope Marketing. Yeah, I use Dope Marketing. And he was, like, looking me directly in the eye, and he's like, you got this. You got this. And I was like, like, we were we had a really deep conversation. We did, I think we did 14 minutes. Jeez. And then, just, like, really, was, I don't think I had done over two minutes, but I did 14 minutes. And I was just, like, I was, like, kind of going into this, like, I don't know, this beautiful state. Yeah. You sometimes get with a cold plunge because, you're like, your body is getting all these crazy endorphins, I was like, we have to be more intense with our positivity. <laughs> like I was just like, because literally that other stuff is so loud. Yes. The negative stuff is so loud that the people that are positive have to get more intense, I believe. I don't know what it is or how to do it. Yeah. I'm not like saying, it's not good versus evil, because I think that's bad for our brains when we say mm -hmm. good versus evil, but positivity just means like not shitting on people. I, but I think it's important to yeah. recognize that this industry has challenging things in it and it's like let's not pretend like it's all sunshine and rainbows yeah there's some challenging turkey 
business practices out there. <laughs> well, Seriously, that's the other hard part. That's the other hard there part. There is. I mean, to call a spade a spade sometimes, yeah. which is yeah. interesting to do in a positive atmosphere. But typically, I like to do that stuff behind closed doors, and I don't publicize that. Yeah, that's probably good. Yeah. There's some turkey. <laughs> there's some turkey type stuff in this industry if you've never been in it and uh, turkeys are the opposite of tigers nobody wants if you ever ask somebody their spirit yeah. animal tim, tim have you ever heard somebody say they're a turkey no you never will my, my wife hates turkeys so bad we have like just 19 that live right around our house dude they're aggressive they're dry disgusting animals. and they have these like gobblers yeah. gobblers bro dude they're gross <laughs> what is that it's a gobbler what does it do <laughs> disgusting yeah so if there's a turkey watching this right now <laughs> fuck you <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, no, no. but like, just kidding. We're stop positive. being turkey biscuit type uh, uh, business practices. I just, I, yeah, I be honest. And like, that, that's be part straight of, up honest. Yeah. I've had some contentious conversations in the past three years in my business yeah. with other businesses or other people, or like insurance or whatever the case. And it's like, it, it happens. Yeah. But then you just, I think. I'm not just know, talking shit about insurance. I, but, I, yeah, but that's <laughs> probably where I'm going. But at the yeah. same time, like, you just know not to partner with those people. Yeah. I was talking to an insurance agent. I think this is really important to talk about. And I had a really big problem with this specific insurance claim. Really big problem. And we got into a pretty loud argument on the phone. And he said, Ben, why don't you just not work with this anymore? And I said, yeah. Why don't I just do that? So we're not. <laughs> that's it that's the answer like why do we subject ourselves to doing this stuff that we don't want to do all the time yeah. is it for this this eventual money that we're going to get at the end of the pack it's like that's not worth it dude. when you say but you can't just not work with an insurance company. this specific yeah. situation i'm talking about yeah, you could i'm like you know what this is not worth my time and energy yeah i don't care i don't even care how much money is involved i don't care yeah. i'm not going to do it when it comes down to you know trying to find business in the winter when when the storm's over when there's no fresh damage to work we'll go back to hill trace we'll track down a swath that you know most contractors haven't had the opportunity to go out and, and address yet because they're so busy chasing the big storm you know, as long as we've got a date within reason we can chase that storm we can pick up jobs we can pick up leads no i totally understand that yeah um, it's not worth my peace and my time and my energy to to subject myself to this for a payday at the end it's just not Therefore, um, um, Matthew Danskin. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. He I did. shout him out like every single piece of content I do. Yeah. He just, the, the insurance agent strategy is just so smart. It's brilliant. But inside that insurance agent strategy that he's talking about, I'm going to start aligning myself. One of our big uh, goals in the next 365 is to align ourselves with insurance companies who actually do things right. Yeah. Not the ones that are turkeys. Boom. We're just gonna name names in a second if you guys. I'm don't. not gonna do that. But if you guys don't, you can probably start guess. paying the claims. <laughs> just kidding. He's not gonna watch this, but yeah, you no. guys can guess what insurance company I'm talking about. You can I guess. I know. It. Yeah, you already do. So, I love it. I love it. So, one of the things are really loud about what you guys do because here's the deal. Like, I also believe if you're gonna be loud with your marketing. You have to be loud with your sales. Like you have to have a solid sales process that that reaps the crops that you've grown with marketing. Agreed. And it can't be one or the other. You can't be so lopsided on marketing. Agreed. But what I see you doing, it seems like you're probably doing both. If you're at six, there's a, there's a there's a speed bump that you just passed. Yeah. I think that five mark sometimes slows people down. Mm -hmm. They get stuck. 
That's we, a sticking we, and point. And might, we're not at six this year yet, but I think we're, oh, he's going, we're to going to be at six. Yeah, I already know he's going to be at six. I think so. It's done. I, I think so. Six. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to prophesy that. Um, but yeah, there there has to be a sales mentality of closing deals when you get invited into the table to sit with the customer. And how do you stoke that to honor what you're doing with marketing? Because you mean for our sales team? Yes. How do you create, what, what are you doing to increase closing rate and to increase like follow up and things like that? Leading from the front. Um, so I'm, I'm now working with my sales guys. I'm actually actively selling uh, when I'm in town. And so I lead from the front, find new strategies that work and then tell them to my team and continue to follow up on that process. Train, continue to train and just get better. It's a never ending process to get better at sales. What would you say, what motivates you around that? Like, I think sometimes, like, as a marketing, like, I was a marketing manager at my last company, and so mm -hmm. I kind of take that approach in my leadership. Like, I, I know marketing is, e marketing is easy for me. At sure. least, like, being pretty good at it. Um, You're okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> the, but I always have this fights with sales. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because sales says these leads aren't good. Leads enough. aren't good, yeah. And then marketing says... Like we have more leads and technically like you should have, I like criteria around what's a qualified lead and like getting, so there should be clear cut. Like you should be closing more though. Yes. You know what I mean? And that back and forth, do you feel like because you're a marketing founder, somebody who's like good at this naturally, mm -hmm. that like you put, you're like, no, that you should be closing some of this. Like do Definitely. you feel, do you feel that tension? I do feel that tension. Uh, and my best friend is the VP of sales for Roof Tiger. He's exceptionally good at what he, what he does. But there's been times in the past where I'm like, dude, um, I asked him this question. We talk every day, but I asked this question to him. If I would have been there, do you think I would have closed it? I'll challenge him with that. And, <laughs> and he'll come back to That's me. That's a good question. Seriously. Yeah. And he'll come back to me sometimes. He'll, he'll say to me, if you were there, you wouldn't have closed this deal. And I'm like, he, he's confident. But then sometimes he'll call me and said, if you were there, you might have pushed this one over the finish line. So it's a really good litmus test because I, I, I was in the bathroom industry before the roofing industry. Bathroom industry is a one-day closer mentality. It is if you walk out the door, you're not closing the deal. So you're pressing the person to close that same day, which gives a different skill set that you have to earn and learn. And I would always, when I wouldn't close a deal, when I walked out that door and didn't close it, I would ask myself, would the number one guy at the company have closed this deal? And if I could confidently say he probably would have, I'd be like, dang it, I have a lot more to learn. Mm -hmm. So... In my last year there, I was number two in the country at the national, from the national level of the, the, the company, and that t taught me a lot about how to close deals at the kitchen table. This is a dangerous man, folks. Dangerous. Dangerous man. Think about that. Think about that. You got a very, you're very good at marketing. Yeah. You're very good at sales. And I, damn, this is why I think you're going fucking, you're not gonna get stuck at six. Okay. Like I think about the leadership thing, like so much of the same skills are required. Yeah. Marketing, sales, and then like we were talking about good energy on the last, like yeah. winning, winning energy. Mm -hmm. The, so let's transition just a little bit into leadership stuff. Mm -hmm. So how are your skills now in sales and marketing affecting your ability to lead well? Like what are you using from that backstory. I, th I think creating, um, selling my own people on the vision is really important. I'm sure you, you have 27 employees now. Oh, yeah. So selling a consistent vision for every employee to make sure that they're buying into your, your vision is extremely important. Isn't that weird? 
Just sales goes to everything. It does. It's it's the number one skill you should have as a business owner. Yeah. Yeah. And selling the vision too. And like somebody could call that manipulation. Mm. There's a fine line, I suppose. What's the difference between selling the vision and manipulation? I think if you're just straight up lying, you know, (laughs) it's probably part of it. But it's it really. But sometimes, I, like when you're set, you're still trying to convince yourself. You're selling yourself. a vision that has not even come. Yeah, to you're selling. Yeah, in well, the beginning, you, like dude, like you didn't know it was no. really going to do it. Like I wrapped two trucks before I had one sale. No you know one, I mean? no one knows for sure that yes. what they're describing is going to happen. It's accurate, yeah. Like especially like somebody who might be watching this could be at one point five million, and they're selling a vision to their third, fourth, fifth employee or whatever, and they're. They're, they're still trying to make sure that they're headed in that direction. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. why that's why it gets easier because you start to have track record. Yes. And track record says, look where we were at two years ago, and look how much progress we've made. Exactly. If you're not using company can, you're in the old ways. You know, if you are taking pictures, you're going through extra steps of having to download them on a computer, having to email them out to people, show somebody, print them out, whatever it is. Company can has everything you want. And then it becomes a little bit clearer the directional like component of that, but that's hard sometimes. So like, yeah, that's why I'm asking between the difference between like manipulation, yeah. and true sales. Jordan Peterson said this in a podcast last week, which I kind of claw into. I, I love a lot of just personal development stuff, but he said in the beginning, um, when you don't have experience, you're going to look like a fool. Therefore, you have to be a fool in order to willing to be successful. You have to be willing to be foolish. And in the beginning, when we started our company, we wrapped two brand new vehicles with tiger stripes. You have to understand, now Roof Tiger is what it is today, but in the beginning we had zero. I looked like a fool, for certain, to several of my parents and friends, and not my parents because they bought in, but my parents' friends, I'm sure, were like, what the heck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I look like a genius, but if the thing would have failed, I would still look like a fool. So I think it's a prerequisite to being successful to being a fool. and. If you're not willing to be uncomfortable, then you're not going to grow. Yeah, I, I think when I went out on my own, I literally it was like this. I realized it was neuro- it was an odd move. Like it yeah. was no guarantee of anything, and it was honestly a lot of years. We were talking about eating shit. Yeah, like a lot of years of eating shit, and it was kind of like if if I was in the middle of those first two and three years, and I like really didn't believe in where I was going personally, mm. I just wouldn't have, I would have been like, that was such a fucking big mistake. Yeah. Because <laughs> and that, for those of you out there in those first couple of years, and I know that you've gone faster than a lot of folks, but in those first couple of years, like there are going to be those moments where you really don't, like you're like almost like, well, was that ridiculous? Oh, yeah. Because it's like I could be making this amount or whatever, working for somebody else or those moments where somebody on your teammate is making more than you. You never, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen. Um, no doubt. But um, as you're as you're getting this, it's three years. Uh, we're, we're approaching three. We're gonna three in August. Once again, just fast. 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 Six in six million in three years. In, yeah. In five. Whatever. He's gonna. He's we're, probably we're, gonna do six. If if we do six this year, we will have sold around thirteen million dollars total in the company's history. Yeah, thirteenth historically, which is pretty exciting, and I, I really commend every time somebody brings up the results of Roof Tiger, it's the team that we've built. Everybody has bought in. It's not just me. It is we have a team of people who are exceptional, 
And I think that it's my job to inspire confidence and to recruit and train and help along the way. It's not just Ben Morrow, Roof Tiger. It is our team. So, so I'm super thankful. That, that alone might, might do it, but like pretend that I'm a prospective employee for Roof Tiger. Yeah. And I might be, you know, once she has hit 20 and, <laughs> you know, sell, sell this company. But um, what would you, how do you, when you're sitting down with somebody, let's say it's an actual, it's a sales consultant or something like, it's a salesperson or project manager. Give me the, why, why work for Roof Tiger? I, I think this is good for yeah. other people to just experience what you would say in that situation. I use the anti-sell quite a bit. Yeah, talk to me. Alex Ramosi talks about this. I think this is really cool. So. Uh, a lot of people who work for me did not like their current job. Mm. So I basically try to say to them, okay, cool. If you don't work for Roof Tiger, scale one to 10, how happy are you right now? Most of the time it's like four. I'm like, okay. So you're spending 40 hours a week on a job you have four confidence in? So let's just pretend Roof Tiger doesn't even exist. Like that's what you're doing. Why are you not running away from that job? Well, it's stable and I have a benefits and I have a 401k. Okay, cool. But you're miserable. Mm-hmm. I can give you an opportunity. Maybe it's the exact same amount of money. Maybe it's not for. Maybe it's not the same benefits, etc. So you undermine their current employer. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, though, yeah. everybody who works for us loves to work for us. Yeah. Every single person top down does not hate their job. I can assure you. Uh, if you were to interview every Roof Tiger employee, I think they would say that they love their job and they're very good at it. So um, I, I think we've created an atmosphere of a lot of fun. I think walking into Hook today, you have the same thing here. There's a lot of fun happening in this office. And you can feel that. So if you're walking into work every day and you're feeling that, it's like, man, this is, this is worth something. This is worth something. It oh, is worth something yeah, not to hate your yeah. life. Yeah, and like, so, and I always think about the value proposition of working for someone else, because you think about, like, if they could, let's say if they could work for themselves. Sure. Like, what is the value of working for someone else? Like, for me, I, th- I think for a lot of people here, let's say if they could freelance or do something on their own, it's like, we're an acquisition, like we're good at acquiring customers. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're good at marketing and sales. And when I really, like I just had someone go out on their own and, and is doing this, but freelance. And I kind of like, I, I think you'll see mm-hmm. that it's like that 30% extra of time yeah. that you're going to have to spend on sales and marketing. Yeah. And like, no matter what, and a lot of people could go out on their own in different situations, but we're taking care of that and it's steady and it's like, it, it's, uh, I don't know if this is the way I'd sell it to an employee, but I think it's, I just always looking at what is the value of an employer? You know what I mean? I'm just like, it's culture. I'm curious about that. Yeah, that's too, that too, because yeah. I didn't want to work at my last place. I wanted to go out on my own because I wanted to, but I also hated without getting people. So I needed to get people quick because I wanted it. I wanted a culture. Yeah. But the first three or four people, it's hard to make a culture. It is. It's nothing. It's like we have pizza rolls. Like, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and you're selling a dream. And, and like, that's it. And then you have to kind of like, ah, oh, man, it's getting through that too. It's getting for, past those first like just two or three people. Yeah. But it, that's fun yeah. too. That's a fun it, That is a fun stage. I just say that most people don't love their jobs, and if they do love their jobs, I'm not recruiting them anyway. If I ask them, hey, do you love your job? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, then don't work for me. Yeah. But most people, most people that I talk to are like, oh, God, I got to work again. Dude, since starting this company, it's been extremely difficult, but I love my job. Yeah. I, and everybody around me, I think, has that same energy. It's like we're doing mm-hmm. something fun together. It is not like me, top-down attitude. I basically invite them into a relationship of saying, hey, I want you to tell me what the best route forward is. 
This is your specific job. It is to either grow clients, manage clients, collect payments, etc. But in two weeks, I want you to tell me how to do your job. And they're like, so I have autonomy over my life? Yeah, you do. Work whenever you want, essentially, as long as your job's getting done. But if you have to take off work for something, go for it. I want to be pretty uh, hands-off when it comes to management if they're doing their job well. I want to, a, a lot of people want life autonomy over their own lives to make their own decisions. Mm. And that's essentially the reason I went out on my own is because I wanted that. I, so like, you don't have to go out on your own if you have a place that you can work. With you got it. Yeah. You got it. And a lot of people don't, ha don't, don't uh, have the mentality to open their own business. Let's be honest. This is extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard. It's very hard. And the long nights and early mornings and what my fiance has to deal with when I come home and I'm like super stressed out about something. It's the emotional uh, labor of it's like, emotional labor. It's probably like a little bit of the sales thing too. Like it's I'm guessing sales is a little bit of the same way. Mm -hmm. But it's it's just a lot, dude. When you lose a deal or when you have somebody that goes with another customer versus or goes with another company over you and you're like, I really wanted that. I thought I had it in the bag and it doesn't work out. Um, when you have a bad customer. When an employee leaves after you train them for a year. There you go. Dude, that's all. I'm talking awesome. to you, Scott. Why'd you leave? <laughs> Come back. No, just kidding. You're not allowed back. Um, You're not watching this anyway, Scott. Yeah. What is your yeah. What is your real vision for this thing? Is it Is it are you, are you there? If you've made it to this point in the podcast, you don't care about Roof Tiger. You care about how I can help you succeed. Would you yeah. agree? Yes. Yeah? So let me speak to this person directly. Yeah. Yeah? Do something. Stop thinking about it and do it. Stop overthinking and watching YouTube videos and do what you know you need to do. That's it. And then take the fall when you suck at it and guess what? Learn from it and do it again. And then do that and suck at it and do it again. Tim, that's it. I love it. People overthink this. That's the answer. I think people think too much and they do too little. And a roof tiger from day one, we are tigers running after a vision failing in the meantime, learning from it, and doing it again. That's it. That's the answer. That's a beautiful answer. All right. Well, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Uh, and by the way, we're grateful for you watching this particular YouTube video, but it's going to have to be your last one for a little while because you're going to have to go and do some shit. That's it, Scott. Stop delaying <laughs> the thing you know you need to do. Yeah. Wait, who's Scott? The guy you fired a year, a year after you learned from you. I was just making. Oh a yeah, okay. I that guy. I, I thought it was a real. <laughs> I thought it was a real. Uh, John, Timothy, <laughs> Robert, Justin, Greg, S Greg. Watch this. Jamal. <laughs> Do it. Stop watching YouTube videos. Do it. You're done. This is the first thirty seconds. <laughs> Do it. You know you need to. Do it. Boom. And how can they check your guys' company out? www.therooftiger.com, www.thesolarpanther.com. I am Benjamin Tiger on social media. Come find me. I'll be happy to network with you. Podcast is put on by hookagency.com, hook agency all over social, except for, <laughs> except for TikTok, which is hook agency MPLS. Check us out there. We have like seven followers so far. So Nice. We'll get there. We're going to have eight soon. I'll be your eighth. All right. I love it. Thank you, everyone. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.